Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hello and welcome to Extra Time, a web-only sports show from RNZ Sport. I'm Joe Porter. In the program this week, we talk to Mahe Drysdale about the effect his coach's spat with rowing New Zealand is having on his Olympic title defence. We hear from the injury-ravaged New Zealand Seven squad as they look to regroup and arrest their poor run of results. The golf world number one Lydia Ko confirms she's coming home for the New Zealand Open. We discuss the Blacksticks women's loss in the World Hockey League final with coach Mark Hager. And we talk to the Wellington Phoenix veteran Ben Sigmund, who's decided to hang up his boots after eight seasons with the A-League side. The Olympic rowing champion Mahe Drysdale is hopeful the defence of his single skulls title at next year's Rio Olympics is back on course, with a resolution in the stash between his coach Dick Tonks and Rowing New Zealand on the horizon. Tonks' contract with New Zealand Rowing was terminated last week after he refused to stop coaching a Chinese crew. Drysdale, who's also a five-time world champion, says under the proposal Tonks is currently considering he would remain his coach but outside the Rowing New Zealand structure. Drysdale told Stephen Hewson the standoff has taken a toll. There's not going to be any relationship between uh, Richard and and Rowan New Zealand. Um, you know that's that's really um, the way that it's looking. So you know we're, we're looking at alternative ways to to bring um, you know a result for for us athletes. And um, you know that's that's really um, I guess where where I'm trying to aim. And um, you know I think I think uh, both Dick and, and Rowan New Zealand are um, you know coming around to. To trying to find a solution which which benefits us, which is um you know we're we're really pleased about. How difficult has all of this been on you? Um, oh, it's, it's been incredibly tough. Um, you know, it's you know this isn't a fight that involves me. Um, you know, it's it's uh, a, a disagreement between um you know my coach and and uh, my national body, and um you know I have a huge amount of respect for both of them. Um. You know, and it, it's it's been hard watching you know watching the media um, this week and and seeing it sort of play out there. Um, you know, while it doesn't involve me, it, it hugely affects me um, because you know everything that I've worked towards um, you know is is uh, you know potentially compromised um, you know by that staff. So you know that 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 has been been hard to deal with, and and that's why I've I've got involved and. Um, you know, again, just uh, very much trying to come to the the best solution. Um, you know, for for me and and the women's double. And um, you know, while we have some some fantastic coaches um, at Rowan New Zealand, you know, other than Dick Tonks, um, you know, it's it's a it's a big risk uh, to make a change um, this this close to an Olympic Games. It's it's only eight months away. Um, I've worked with Dick for nine of the past eleven years, so. You know, we know each other um, very, very well. We, we've got a partnership which has been very successful, and and you know is is um, you know I guess proven to work. And um, you know, so so changing uh, would would certainly um, you know would be would be a big risk. What is it about Dick Tonks that works for you? Um, you know, I think uh, it, it really just just comes down to to, to trust and. Um, you know, it's uh, it's something that 
um, you know, we understand each other. Um, you know, he's very much in charge of, of the on-water program and, and I just trust that um, he's going to take give us the, the work that we need to do to, to be successful. And, um, you know, I, I know that, that when I go out, um, you know, in the final at the Olympic Games, I've done everything I possibly can. And, um, you know, I've had one of the best coaches in the world, um, you know, guiding me uh, along. And, um, you know, he knows me very well. He knows uh, the things that, you know, my strengths, my weaknesses. Um, you know, when things aren't going wrong, you know, he can he can just say a couple of words or, um, you know, just, just tell me and, uh, you know, I can correct it very quickly. So, you know, it's, um, it's something that, that uh, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that you can build up quickly, a, a relationship and a trust and a, a knowledge like that. And, um, you know, that, that's why I'm fighting so hard to, to try to, uh, you know, keep him as, as my coach. I mean, given the way and the comments that he's made and the way he's possibly handled the situation, do you feel as though he may have put your campaign in jeopardy, though? Um, yeah, it's it's hard. You know, he he um, he's well, he's he's prepared to to walk away from me, and um, you know that's that's been been pretty pretty tough to take. Um, you know, I've had to make sure, and I've, I've spoken to Dick, and you know, I'm I'm confident that if if Dick remains as as my coach, um, you know, he'll be a hundred percent committed, and um, you know, make sure that that uh, you know he's. He's been the the person that he's been, uh, you know, as I say, for for the last well twenty odd years, um, as he's been coaching uh, Olympic gold medal crews. If he didn't or doesn't remain as your coach, would you still compete at Rio? Um, yeah, there's no doubt I'll, I'll continue. Um, you know, it's uh, it's it, you know, I, I certainly think um, you know it, it's possible to win with another coach. It's, it's just a big risk. Um, and you know when you've got a successful program and and you're in a position to win, you know why take that risk? Uh, you know if if uh, if you don't have to. As you mentioned there, the the fight doesn't involve you, but you're at the centre of it. Yeah, yeah, and um, you know that's um, so I guess it's kind of like you know having having your parents um, squabble. It's um, you know it's 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 not it's not a nice position to be in. How have you coped? With that, I mean, this is still ongoing. It's sort of unfolded over the last couple of weeks. Does that, or has it set your campaign back at all? Oh, not, not really, to be honest. Um, you know, like it, it really, you know, it, it hasn't. You know, it, it only started to affect us. Um, you know, from from uh, you know Sunday afternoon onwards. Um, you know, we had Monday off training, so you know, effectively, we've only had um, you know three days of of training and uh you know i've got the women's double um you know we, we're a team within a team and uh you know we've been out training doing doing what we'd normally do we, we just don't have a coach uh following us so you know it certainly hasn't affected us in in that respect i think you know emotionally um it's it's been a roller coaster um and you know it, it's been hard um but again you know we're, we're talking a, a number of days um, you know, and and that's why we're we're trying to come to a resolution as soon as we can. Dick Tonks is obviously a very successful coach, but he's obviously very much his own man too, isn't he? And I suppose that the relationship that he's always had with rowing New Zealand has been tempestuous, to say the least. Um, yeah, it has, and you know, as as an athlete, it's um, you know, 
we've we've had a, a, a rocky um, relationship as well, but um, you know, as I say, we we make it work, and and it's a, a very very successful partnership. Um, in the last few years, um, you know, we've we've probably had the best relationship, um, you know, we've we've ever had, and you know, I think, um, you know, I think he he certainly takes a long time to to trust and and um, support his athletes, but. Um, you know, once you once you prove yourself, um, you know he's he's certainly someone that that is incredibly loyal, and um, you know, and uh, you know he's always always going to be com- incredibly demanding of you. Um, but you know that's that's what you want. It's it's not supposed to be easy. This is high performance sport, and you know you you take the easy option, you, you're probably going to lose. So you know it's it's something that uh, you know, and, and there's there's plenty of people that have been coached by Dick, and um, you know. Just have have left because they can't handle um, you know being under him and uh, you know that's that's uh, you know it's sort of you know horses for courses I guess and um, you know it's it's uh, it, it works for some people and, and doesn't for others but it's uh, worked very very well for me. The New Zealand men's rugby seven squad had another wretched outing in the World Series as injuries killed off their chances of success for a second straight tournament. Coach Sir Gordon Titchen suffered a dozen injuries in Dubai and then Cape Town. The All Black Sevens were beaten in the Cape Town quarter. The All Black Sevens were beaten in the Cape Town quarterfinals by Argentina and now sit seventh in the overall standings. They have a bit of a break before the next leg in Wellington, which leads into next year's Olympics. Barry Guy spoke to Titchens following their elimination in Cape Town and asked him why they've suffered so many injuries. The nature of the injuries suggests it was bad luck. You know, we've got obviously knee injuries, arm injuries, every type of injuries, shoulder injuries as well, and um, just collectively right across, losing six players, and certainly in Dubai was really disappointing. And then to basically to lose another six here was just incredible, really. Just um, never had it like it in the entire time that I've coached the All Black Sevens team, but it is what it is, and you have to get on with it. You're normally credited for being able to bring out uh, some relatively unknown guys from the domestic scene. I imagine the situation now, though, um, you know, it must be getting a bit tougher. The old uh, the depth must be getting a bit tested, is it? Well, it's really tested, and considering we've got um, eight or nine injured players back in New Zealand, and I'm talking really quality. Um, top-notch sevens players when you're looking at Tim Nicholson's and the Scott Curry's and the Gillies Carcase and Sherwin Spowers and all those players that are, that are out injured. It's a huge, huge blow in terms of losing all that experience. And, and when you're looking to promote younger players that, that are going to come on and hopefully be superstars, they need those types of players around them. You know, when I look at the team that, um, that played in the, in the quarterfinal, I think we totaled a number of 17 caps in amongst... Um, um, the players, 17 tournaments, and amongst all the players that played in that quarter final, and in saying that, two of those players had about 11 of those kept together. So we had a number of players having their their first tournaments together. What are you going to do, sort of, over the Christmas New Year? Have you decided anything, sort of, planned to get sort of more guys up to speed before the, um, you know, the next uh, couple of tournaments? It's business as usual for the players that, that come out unscathed in this tournament, but there's a lot of the players that have certainly got to go through a rehab process to, to get right, and uh, they've certainly been um, tested physically, and, uh, you know, it's just niggly injuries that they're going to have to get right, and uh, and because Wellington's going to come around pretty quickly, and then also we've got the inclusion of some of those other players like Akira Ioannis and Enrico Ioannis, and obviously... Um, Ben Lamb, uh, other players, uh, Ari Savia, that 
you know, Liam Messon, Honeywell Williams, they could all be real contenders for that Wellington tournament leading into Sydney. So, but again, um, we'll only sort of know more about that around the time that we go into camp in Cambridge sometime around January the 11th. So you're confident of having, um, you know, a top-notch side for the uh, next couple of tournaments? Well, I'm hoping to have a top-notch side, certainly for, for Wellington and Sydney to, to certainly get our series underway. It's disappointing to be beaten in Dubai in the semis and, and also in the quarterfinal here, but um, we were still in the Cup Championship and, and what was quite noticeable in this tournament here in South Africa, that all the teams that performed in Dubai, um, they, they haven't got past the quarterfinals here in, in South Africa, so it's been a real challenge. Is that just how even the competition is? Yeah, it's how even how competitive it really is and uh, for the final, you know, we've got Argentina, that's probably been in their first final for years, but playing South Africa and, and of course, um, France and Kenya vying for third and fourth. So, yeah, it has been a, a real challenge for some of the teams and a, a significant improvement by some of those lesser teams like France and Kenya to, to make the quarter, to make the semis and be vying for third and fourth. Uh, yeah, so it hasn't been a great start, first two tournaments. Um, you know, Steve Hansen was asked it. Are you, are you holding anything up your sleeve, holding anything back there, Gordon? <laughs> Mate, if we could win these tournaments, so we'd certainly be out to win them, but... Um, but we've certainly got a long way to go, and I've always said in this 2015-16 World Series that we will be experimenting during some of the tournaments, bringing new players in and, and trying to build our base moving towards the Olympics. So it's not so much about winning the tournaments, it's about uh, bringing players on as, as top-notch sevens players and giving them the opportunity to, uh, to perform to be in that side to go to Rio. Just unfortunate, I suppose, injuries has forced your hands a little bit, that's all. Yeah, well, it's going to take, you know, players like Liam Messam, Sonny Bill Williams and that. It's not going to happen for them in one or two tournaments. They're going to have to go in three, four, five or six tournaments and uh, to really perform to be a, a real contender. So that's the challenge for those players. And the, and the, the real, real challenge behind that is getting to the condition that was needed to be, to be the best you can be, really. Gordon Titchen speaking to Barry Guy. And you're listening to Extra Time, a web-only sports show from RNZ Sport. Lydia Ko confirmed earlier this week that she's returning to New Zealand in February next year to defend her New Zealand Women's Open title at the Clearwater Golf Club in Christchurch. The 18-year-old has enjoyed a successful year on the LPGA Tour where she won the Player of the Year award on top of her five wins, including her first major, and the race to the CME Globe title which pocketed her an additional $1 million on top of her earnings for the year. There was some doubt whether the world number one Ko would return home in the summer to try and defend her New Zealand Open title as the LPGA season is in its Asian swing. Matt Chatterton caught up with an excited New Zealand golf chief executive, Dean Murphy, who says it's great to see the world number one returning to our shores. We chat with Lydia all the time and she's been really clear the whole way through and she even said when she was down here last at the last year's event that she really wants to keep playing this event and enjoys playing in front of her home fans and always wants to come back. So it's never really been a question of, you know, does she want to do it? It's really just been trying to manage all the schedules and all the tour events to make sure it can work for her. So... Um, the dialogue with her is ongoing. She's very committed to us and does a lot of work with us in promotional campaigns and other things and scholarships and all sorts of things, really. So she's always been very, very keen to come back and play, and it was really just a matter of trying to make it work with her schedule. And these things, um, you know, take time, and you have to be patient and, and uh, willing to understand there's a lot of demands on her and her schedule. And, you know, being the world's best player and such a hot commodity in the world of golf, there's a, a lot of people um, are keen to have her play their tournaments, and there's a lot of demands on her time. So... Just really need to be patient with her and, um, you know, work with her as best we can to make sure that we can work it into her schedule. 
Will she be coming home before the tournament starts or will she just be coming home for the tournament? Just for the tournament. There's a couple of LPGA events that start the year in the Bahamas and Florida and then she'll be down to us to play across to Adelaide and then off to Asia. So it will be short and sharp just here for tournament week, but um, you know, we're lucky to have her. Um, just quickly, is there any possibility of, uh, like, have you had any confirmation that for the next year going forward, or is it just on a year-by-year basis with Lydia? Yeah, it is year-by-year, and that's not really anything to do with Lydia or her team. It's just a matter of when the events are scheduled, and with the LET, the LPGA, and the ALPG, there's a lot of different tournaments, there's a lot of different schedules to manage. We've got the Olympic year next year, which kind of uh, moves things around a bit, and it won't be there in 17, so there's a lot of discussion around the tournament dates moving again. So it's really just a matter of getting that all locked away first and then working with the players. So uh, Lydia's been really clear the whole way through that she is really committed to New Zealand. She always wants to play in front of her home fans, and she'll come back whenever she can. I mean, And there'll certainly be a time when she's not able to due to other things, but um, for now she's very committed to the event and certainly coming back in 16. So she's actually got quite a busy schedule around that time then, hasn't she? You were mentioning earlier all those tournaments. She's going to be on the road for about two months straight, isn't she? Yeah, and I mean, the whole year's like that for her in reality, but um, the start of the year is very, very busy. And that's one of the challenges we have, um, not being an LPGA event. You know, we have to work in with all the other tournaments that she's scheduled to play and make sure from a player welfare perspective that it works out well as well. So uh, she's uh, made that work for her next year and we couldn't be happier. Dean Murphy speaking to Matt Chatterton. The New Zealand women's hockey team has fallen just short of a gold medal at the World League Tournament. The Blacksticks were beaten 5-1 in the final by hosts Argentina. It was the first major final the Blacksticks had made since the 2010 Delhi Commonwealth Games. The dejected coach Mark Hager spoke to Bridget Tunnicliffe after the game. They outplayed us in all aspects of um, the game and, you know, lessons learned, hopefully, and, and uh, you know, we've got to be better in finals. We've we made some good gains throughout the tournament, but just, yeah, it's just... The last uh, hurdle, we were, we were very poor today and I think that's the most disappointing thing from all involved. Would you say Argentina were more superior in terms of tactical now or was it more physical skill? Oh, I'd say both. Um, they outplayed us everywhere. They were just too quick for us, and which was interesting. We didn't win enough one-on-one battles and, uh, yeah, we're just all over the place. You know, it's not, not just the players' fault. We need to, as coaches, look at what we did and... Um, and why, and why it happened that way, and uh, did we get it right? And he did say we didn't, so we need to, you know, do a thorough, thorough review and make sure we um, get get it right for the next time. And on the way to the final, you beat what was it? South Korea, Great Britain, Germany—all very, very excellent sides. Do you think that you've made progress not over, not just at this tournament, but looking back, so over the past year or two? Uh, oh yeah, I think mean, to make a final, you'd say we've we've made progress. We've we got over that hurdle of a semi-final, you know, which we we haven't been able to do um, in, in any major tournament. It's the first time we've we've made a a final at a, a you know a world league event. Um, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of positives to take out of it. It's just you know right at the moment, it's just it just really hurts, you know, that uh, to to go down like we did um, and to concede five goals is. It's probably the hardest uh, pill to swallow for our team. You know, we we, we pride ourselves on our defence, and and tonight it just didn't happen for us. And we've got to give credit to Argentina; they they outplayed us and and, and obviously outcoached us as well. So um, as I said, we've got to got to take the positives out of it and move on now. Because you haven't been in 
too many uh, finals situations like this. Do you do you think it's a mental hurdle that you'll have to overcome? Um, oh, look, I don't know. I, I just think it's sometimes you've got to experience um, these, these sort of, uh, I suppose, finals before you know what it's like to play in them. Um, uh, and, and then you've got to get better at it. And, uh, you know, as I said, we, we haven't played in a major final uh, ever for the women's team. So, you know, it's the first time a lot of these girls have experienced it. Um, you know, we've made small games. You know, we've, we've been able to win quarterfinals, but not semifinals. And, you know, we did that against Germany. Um, and you know, now we got to that final and, and we just, whether we weren't prepared properly or I'm, I'm not sure. And that's why we've got to do a thorough review and, and you know, figure out why, what happened. Um, what, what sort of um, made us go into our shell a little bit, uh, well, a lot, I thought today. We, we just didn't um, didn't play as a group. We were very, uh, I suppose, one out. And, um, their, their speed and their, the way they played just got on top of us and we weren't able to manage it properly. Stacey Mickelson was awarded Best Player of the Tournament. That's quite an accolade given the teams on show. Yeah, oh, look, she, she's been we, one of those world-class players for ages for us, I reckon, for the last two or three years she, she's you know she, she helps us win games and uh, you know without her we, we, we get lost a little bit so uh, yeah it's just a little bit disappointing for the end result but yeah look great great achievement for her and you know one that we're very proud of and um, you know she deserves uh, the credit for, for winning that. The Black Sticks coach Mark Hager speaking to Bridget Tunnycliffe. The Wellington Phoenix veteran Ben Sigmund will call time on his career at the end of the A-League football season. The defender announced his retirement this week, only telling his teammates minutes before the press conference to announce the news. The 34-year-old will have spent eight years with the club by the end of the season and has survived a change of ownership and several highs and lows to end his tenure as one of the Phoenix's most capped and valued members. Sigmund spoke to Stephen Hewson about why he's decided to hang up the boots. It's not just the one thing that sort of kick-starts it, it's, it's two or three things and as I said it's Physically, I've, my, my hips are starting to get pretty shot and uh, you know, mentally that makes you you're pretty tired because you've got to work so hard and do so many extra things in the gym, behind the scenes. You know, at home I'm in ice baths and, and people don't see all that sort of stuff you've got to do. And, and for me, you know, my family's growing up and you know, my wife's given me so much uh, time to go and live my dream and do what I've got to do. And, and now I've, I just want to be at home now and just... Uh, Spending that time with with my kids and, and my wife. Yeah, the concussion that was a, a factor too. Yeah, look to be honest, I think that the jardia was probably the biggest factor in terms of how much it knocked my body around. You know, I'd been fighting that for about three or four weeks, and and then obviously the head knock kind of you know made it even worse really. And it's taken it's knocked the socks out of me to be honest, and, uh, and my body's really been struggling ever since. And you know, now I've been trying to train and, you know, I've tweaked my hamstring and, and I, I put that down to, my, to just um, losing so much condition while I was sick. Who helped you to this decision? Did you, did, how much of a role did your wife play or did you, how much advice did you look for? To be honest, it's, it's kind of hard for my family and my wife as well, you know, because they obviously sit and, and watch what goes on over the years and they have to deal with all the emotions and the ups and downs and... You know, and I've probably told my wife probably five times that I'm going to retire. And she, by the time I told her this time, she didn't believe me. She said, I've heard it all before. So she just left it up to me. It was up, it, it was, there was no one else that could make that decision. And, 
you know, for me it was about making sure now that I've, you know, obviously released my retirement at the end of the year, it was about sort of t telling the people that have been so special and inspirational to me, you know, um, while my career's gone on because it's, it's not just myself, it's, it's a number of people that have helped me out. How different is the Ben segment of now than the one that arrived at the Phoenix, what, eight years ago? Oh, hugely different, hugely, hugely different and... Uh, um, you probably agree with me that I'm a lot more relaxed, and um, you know, been able to sort of. Uh, Ernie's been, you know, great in terms of helping me out with, um, you know, my probably my my discipline and what have you, and you know, it's been it's been huge for me. And now I'm just sort of sitting back and. You know, all the things I've learned and all the experiences I've been through, I want to be able to give that back to the next generation and help them um, you know, have, have an opportunity like I've had. And what's the future hold for, for Ben Sigmund in football or around it, outside of it? Yeah, look, probably now things that people know what's going on that I'm, I am finishing up are probably, you know, th things will start opening up for me. But, you know, we're in, I'm in talks now already with, with the Phoenix and, and with New Zealand football about, you know, as I said, with my business and... Um, we're setting up a whole whole a number of programs uh, around you know making people better people and mentoring type mentor, mentoring life skills all that sort of stuff and um, for me I, I just wish I had it when I was younger because that's probably where I, I was you know so close to falling off the radar and I managed not to and I'm, I'm here telling the story but it could have easily been me as well. What was the reaction you got from your, your teammates? Yeah, I think they were a little bit surprised. I've tried to I've tried to keep it to myself really and. Um, I just kind of sprung it on most of them just now before the, before the media conference, just purely because I want them, it's not about me, you know, it's about the team and it's always been like that for me and, you know, for me the younger guys, I've really tried to mentor them as I say and, you know, hopefully you know, I can carry on doing that because, you know, it's nice that they do look up to someone like myself and Durante and all the senior boys. And a nice way to go out would obviously be an A-League title. Oh, it always is, it always is um, and that's, that's always going to be the focus and, and uh, Ernie's made it real clear that that's what the focus is, and he's a winner, and he, he'll get the troops and the team making sure we're on, on song, and hopefully, you know, tomorrow night, you know, against Sydney FC, they can get another three points. Ben Sigmund talking to Stephen Hewson. And that's the show for this week. Feedback is welcome via our RNZ Sport Facebook and Twitter pages and our email sport at radionz.co.nz. We'll be back next week with the next Extra Time show. I'm Joe Porter. Bye for now. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.